Welcome to Diana Perkovic's Monday Momentum in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Hello, everybody. Happy Monday. I'm your host, Diana Perkovic. Welcome to Monday Moment in 5. This is the remix, the extended version. I have a very, very special guest in my studio today, and I think you're really going to enjoy this interview. Who is my guest? Her name is Linda Wang, and she is the founder founder of Karuna's skincare line, and it's an amazing story of a really a girl and a business. And I'm learning as I grow Good Girl Mafia that I grow as Good Girl Mafia grows. Good Girl Mafia grows as I grow. So who is Linda? Linda, as a child, suffered from eczema. And the doctor prescribed an ointment and and instructed her to wrap the rash with plastic wrap to push the medicine in deeper. And then the rash healed within a couple of days. So cut to Linda, adult, go-getter, fashion buyer, traveling to Asia, Linda discovered these sheet masks and knew instantly they would work the exact same way. So when Linda couldn't find one filled with really good ingredients here stateside or even in Asia, she was like, wait a minute, I'm going to do that myself. And that's when Karuna was born. She is bringing us incredible skincare with incredible ingredients. And I think you're really going to enjoy her story. So I'm so excited to have Linda here today, obviously. And this is part one. And I'm splitting this podcast up into two parts because, well... Linda and I, we got a lot to talk about, don't we, Linda? Yes, we do. Welcome to Monday Moment. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited that you were actually able to join because there's so many ways that our paths have crossed. Totally. And A, B, and Virgos are, you know, that's definitely our similarities there. (laughs) Oh, I know. It's like, Linda, you just get it. It's like, uh, no. They're not, I'm not being a perfectionist. It's just high standards. It's just how we are. I get it, right? And you kind of have to be as an entrepreneur, don't you? Yes. You really have to. I mean, um, there are a lot of times when people are just telling you that um, certain things should be okay and that's good enough. But to me, it's never good enough. You have a vision, you have standards. So it's your business. You kind of have to build it the way you want to build it. And I always told myself there's only one time you can launch something. You're going to make mistakes throughout the way, but there's that one first impression. So make sure you do it right. Well, it's I. one of the things I love so much about doing this podcast is I get to interview whoever I want. Right? Exactly. And a lot of times it's female founders of companies and female entrepreneurs. And, and I've learned so much from all of you throughout the course of, you know, Monday Moment and how it's evolved. But there are many similarities I find. And one of them really is that um, the buck stops with me mentality, which I feel even in, you know, what you were just saying, you really do feel like the buck does stop with you. And at the end of the day, it's your name on yeah. that product. And so you're going to sink and swim with it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, your name is carrying it all. You're responsible for everybody, If you, especially if you have employees. Um, you know, your name is really on everything that you're creating, you're selling, you're delivering. So it's so important 
to deliver within your standards and your vision? Well, it's interesting because when I think of you and your company and the products and what you've done in your vision, you were, I mean, you were ahead of the curve, Linda. You were K-Beauty before K-Beauty was K-Beauty. Yes. Well, I think that the big advantage of that is I'm Asian. So it's really (laughs) easy for me to kind of figure out the K-Beauty trend. But who would have ever thought that Asian beauty and K-beauty, as it, you know, now it's being referred to, would cross the continent and come to the Western world? And people really open their, you know, learning about new skincare regimen, how Asian women does it. I mean, I think that's so amazing. And so what is it about? Like, well, you know what? Why don't we take it from the top? For people who don't know what K-beauty is, what is it? And why has it taken North America and, frankly, the rest of the world by storm? If you're not using K-beauty, why should you be? So with um, K-beauty, I mean, I think it's really um, starts from Korean, you know, Korean culture. But at the same time, I think I'm Taiwanese and we also take care of skin as, you know, as um, seriously as Korean beauty. Um, but, you know, it's really being taught at a young age, being a girl, making by your mom, making sure that you have the, you know, you're properly cleansing your skin, especially as a teenager, you know, at, a, um, at the stage when you are perhaps breaking out, going through puberty, um, just making sure you're cleaning your skin really well, putting eye cream on, putting moisturizer on. And, you know, just I remember being a teenager, I think the one thing that I always been, you know, taught is that Asian women really loves to tell you to keep your skin hydrated, just making sure that you're always keeping your skin hydrated. So I think the biggest breaking um, product through K-Beauty that everyone's very um, well-informed is sheet mask. Mm-hmm. So um, it's essentially taking um, a mask, but taking in a mask in a white form that is pre-drenched in serums and creating this barrier against your skin so your serum can be pushed deeper down in your pores, which is brilliant. And again, it goes back to hydration, hydration. It's really important to infuse hydration back in your skin. And what a lot of women don't realize is when you go and you're spending money on skincare and you want to spend your beauty dollars wisely, serums, ladies, don't get sucked into so many, like anything that's serum-based, yeah. like your masks. It is the the best ingredient deck. It is the most concentrated ingredient deck. Right. You're getting a higher concentration of every ingredient in a serum. And, and the fact that it is put in this sheet mask, let's dispel the myth that it's just another way of getting serums. This really does create that barrier. Like you're going to get yeah. incredible results from this. And it's like what you mentioned, you know, in your intro that, you know, having eczema as a child. And I remember I had this rash on my leg and I kept scratching it and I it was oozing and I was you know being 10 I don't know why we were so afraid to tell our parents <laughs> anything that happens to you so right. I was hiding this rash from my parents and finally they saw it and they're like oh my god I need to take you to the doctor so they took me to a dermatologist give me steroid cream and just say hey you know before you go to bed at night just you know wrap your your rash with saran wrap and mm. so it dawned on me that sheet mask works the same way. It's creating this barrier. It's almost like 
when you have a cut on your finger, you you are putting Neosporin and a Band-Aid over it. Sure. So it could really seclude that area and for you to treat the wound. So talk to me a little bit about the beginning. The Part of the my goal with Good Girl Mafia, it's not part of the goal. My goal is to encourage, empower, and entertain women. And so I love hearing these really real, genuine, not PR stories of the beginning because you and I both know, Linda, that it is not easy to break away from a job and start something from scratch all by yourself. So what was the reality for you of building this at the beginning? What was the mental process? How long did it take you to say, okay, guess what? I'm quitting my job and I'm going to do this and I'm leaning in 100%. So um, at that time when I decided to start Karuna, I was fortunate enough to be still consulting at my old job. So I was consulting three days a week while um, at home, you know, the two days off or at night I would be building Karuna. And at first when you're building a brand, it's a little bit surreal. Everything is very conceptual from coming up with the name, starting a logo, trademarking it, um, creating formulations and packaging. You're like, God, this is so surreal. And even calling the name Karuna back then, I'm like, it's really weird, but you just have to keep on repeating and repeating. And so it becomes reality. Mm. Um, but I have to say the first um, year and a half, it was really about product development. And it's really, you know, it was really important that I didn't know much about the beauty industry. I was a buyer in the fashion industry, which, you know, those the skills cross over just because sure. you still learn about like product life cycle and production and product development. The process is similar. Mm-hmm. Um, but learning about the whole formulation in skincare is like another world for me. Um, so I actually hired a um, consultant that was a VP of product development at Smashbox um, years ago. Wow. Smart. And smart move. Yeah. yeah. And she was... That was back in 2008 through LinkedIn. And LinkedIn is not even where they're at today. But back then, I I really utilized LinkedIn as a search engine and find the professionals that can help me. Incredible. So one after another, she started guiding me, introduced me, industry people that she knew. And, you know, the great thing is, and I love, um, you know, this for your listeners as well, is that people are so kind. If you have... Um, an idea and you're seeking help, people are there to help you, you know, so just kind of open up a little bit and, um, and be open to, you know, wanting to seek help. That's and people such, come to you. That's such great advice, Linda, because as you know, and we've been through it, we've already taken those first steps. We've, I always say to people, don't worry about the how. Because I promise you, once you start taking those first steps, these, I call them like these angels, just drop it, like they come into your path. And you'd be surprised at how generous people really are when you're, you know, honestly seeking knowledge and help. People are super generous with it. No, they are. And I have to say that um, while I was running, starting Karuna, and I remember At one point, I was thinking, God, I really need to look for like um, a warehouse, but not ready for like a huge fulfillment that offers, they call it 3PL. And I just thought, well, you know, I just need a tiny warehouse to help me. And um, as I was going and I 
took Pilates every weekly. So Mm -hmm. um, this girl was in my class for many years, and I started talking about this, and she goes, I can help you. I have a warehouse. And I just remember at the moment thinking to myself, like, Anything that I was asking the universe for, you know, or any new um, obstacles or new chapters I'm stumbling on while running my business. And if I speak about it, then the help is right there, which is, you know, it helped me to think that, wow, this was meant to be. I'm supposed to do this. And it's incredible when when you go down that road. I always try to encourage women, you know, that idea that you have that gnawing feeling, that one thing that keeps coming back into your mind that I'd love to do this, I'd love to do this, do it. Right. Because the experience Linda has had, I will tell you as an entrepreneur, I've had the exact same experience. And that's when you know you're on your path. And you've got two women right now who are telling you the exact same thing. This isn't some woo-woo, you know, idea like, oh, just put, you know, go and start your journey and things will go. It's, It's hard, obviously, but you'd be amazed at once you start one foot in front of the other, these doors open and people are there and it just kind of happens. Right. And I remember telling myself before the brand officially launched, you know, it's really overwhelming trying to think that I'm going to launch something. How do you take this concept and and work it through and and have it actual have it actually come to reality? Mm-hmm. And I remember telling myself, um, t- think ten steps ahead. Of course, you should have a long term vision, but your to do list should only be ten steps ahead. Once you accomplish one or two, then you add a few more because if you you could freak yourself out if you're st- thinking, oh, my God, I have this to do and that to do. And and then all of a sudden you're like, I can't do it. It's it's too scary. It's too overwhelming. And then you ended up getting scared and running the other way. So that would that was me. I, I had to talk down my own fear and anxiety thinking I might fail and just say, you know what? Trust yourself because you know you're able to tackle anything but – just tackle what you can tackle right now. And when you accomplish, you know, those goals or check out things on your list, then add a few more. That is such great practical advice. That's such great practical advice. I will tell you my my go to line these days is, uh, how do I prioritize when everything's a priority? Exactly. And it all falls down on you. Right. You are Karuna. Right. I am Good Girl Mafia. Right. What happens when it all comes down and and falls on our shoulders? That's amazing advice. Yeah. I mean, I think every day, whether you run your own business or, you know, you're a mom and you're working mom, like all these things that you need to tackle yeah. and everything is a priority, you'll get to it. But just don't freak yourself out because you can't get to everything at once, but get to what you can and then you move the list up. There's so many um, amazing entrepreneur women out there, founders of companies. And I get to, like I said earlier, interview quite a few. And it's you learn something from everyone. But I have to say, Linda, um, a woman who is going to launch a beauty business in this saturated market in this day and age when there's so many beauty companies out there's a multi 
billion dollar industry. I think that takes a special kind of woman who's got a particular type of chutzpah. How intimidated were you or did it ever cross your mind that, oh God, I'm getting into the beauty, like I'm launching a skincare line. Hello, Estee Lauder, Lancome, these multinational corporations. How daunting was it and how did you sort of uh, perfect the mind game of staying with it? I guess initially I didn't really think about it as um, I'm launching. I mean, yes, I'm launching a skincare company, but then my initial thought is, well, let's try this. And I knew, you know, my product um, specialty was very different than everyone else's out in the beauty place at that time. And back in 2009, beauty was in this giant category that it has um, eventually evolved to. And there, there are definitely a lot more competition today than back in 2009. Um, but back then, I thought, well, you know, where I'm really going to stand out from a sea of products is that everything was in systems and regimens and everyone was in bottles. And I came up with six full face masks based on, you know, just product description names, like based on your skin concerns. So it was like anti-aging, antioxidants. So I, you know, just those kind of things that I just thought I I have an advantage to break through the market because I wasn't another set of regimen and bottles that I was launching. But today, it's definitely more, um, it's getting difficult because beauty has really grown. Um, it's been a very trendy um, category, but at the same time, you know, with the social media, with these tech startups, um, it really digital marketing really allows anybody to become a business owner today. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you could you're you're not only complete competing with brands or sitting in the same shelf space as you in stores. Now you have to worry about competing with brands that only sells on direct to consumer websites. So it's becoming more and more difficult. But what I normally do is, again, do not freak yourself out because I think that's when you lose your vision. You know, there are a lot of times I'm walking into a Sephora or walking into Ulta and I see all these brands and I started freaking out because you're thinking, oh, my God, I need to do this. I need to do that. And, you know, there are moments, of course, I need to know my market and I need to research it. But half the time I try not to. I try to keep myself and, you know, keep myself informed of the industry. Of course, you should. Um, and I need to. But I also don't want to walk in the stores and see all these other products because that will lose my focus. Mm-hmm. And I really need to stay focused because fear is something that will hold you back. And I don't want to be freaked out and, and you know, um, because everyone else has surpassed you or but you don't know what each state, every company and every business is, you know, funny. You in. should ma- funny. You should say that because I have found that so many times it's and I call it this PR life, this Instagram life. Right. And it's all face tuned and, you know, yes. everything's filtered and it's the right angle. And and that, I think, is just a great metaphor even for life today 
everyone is a content creator. Everyone is sort of a brand in and of themselves. And so that's a great lesson to take from business into life and then back into business again. You have to stay focused on your own goals. Yeah, personally, I love that analogy because, you know, with Facetune today and Photoshop and everyone, you know, you could compare yourself to these women on Instagram, you know, just going by looks and be like, how, why do they look like this? And you just don't know what has been edited. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah. right. So you've given us some great advice for business and I think, and for life as well. How do you balance, Linda? How do you balance your priorities uh, beyond just making a list like there, it, it's difficult to have a life and be an entrepreneur at the same time. It's really hard. Um, well, usually on the weekends, I've learned to shut down. So I don't do anything business. Um, I used to work morning and night and, you know, 24 um, seven. I think after going in business now going on the ninth year, um, I just learn how to just tune it out. You know, on the weekends, I don't do anything um, because I really need to focus and create that balance so I can go back on Monday through Friday full force. And full force for you? It's full force. It's It's like Hurricane Linda is here. It's like everybody watch out. I love that about you. I love that about you. And I think it's part of what has made you so successful. I mean, it's one thing for a brand that's perhaps been bought or backed by a Lauder or a L'Oreal to have all of that those marketing dollars and everything behind them. But for you to start from scratch and say, I have a vision and I'm going to see it through. That's incredible. You've been, your products have been in Sephora. Let's talk a little bit about distribution and taking your products onto television as well, because it's one of the interesting ways that we literally just missed each other at HSN. Exactly. Um, So, you know, in 2014, that's when everything just everything I created and wanted just kind of came in fruition. I, I will never forget that year when first I was on QVC mm-hmm. and that was in 2013. Then in 14, we went to Sephora and Sephora inside JCPenney and also Ulta. That's when where the K-beauty trend really peaked. Um, and then in 2015, that's when we went into, um, I went into HSN. So um, it was, you know, it's definitely... The funny thing is, like, being an entrepreneur, you don't always know what you're doing, and you're just being forced um, to do and to kind of just tackle it as you go. I remember being on QVC for the first time um, live, on air, never been on television before. It was freaky. I mean, I, I just was like, oh, my God, this is like the hardest thing ever. I don't know how anybody can do this. <laughs> but then once I, you know, got warmed up and, you know, because the segment's only 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. So then you're on it and you get off air and you get this adrenaline oh, rush. And you're you like, ever. oh, my God, did I sell? Did I sell out? Like, you know, you want to. And then it's almost like I could do this. I want to be invited back again. So you go back again. Um, and then it happens again. But the problem was, is that, you know, if you're not doing this on a um, daily, you know, um, it's really hard for you to like warm up 
and then go away for six months and come back again. So I, I think that that was probably till today, probably the most challenging um, thing I had to take on at owning my own business is to be on air and, you know, I love and be in front of the I live just television. I just love that story because again we our pat like we just missed each other yeah. at HSN but it's again it, I I love sort of the the wisdom and the knowledge that you're imparting to us it you have to just do yeah and I think that's not just as an entrepreneur I think that even as you know a woman like we can't get caught up in the how we can't get caught up in i have to see the next 10 steps you just have to take the first one and and you'll figure it out as you right. go along and that sounds so nuts and you're so i mean one of the things i love about you is is we really connect on that level of it's got to be right and it's got to be great and it's got like we're both very driven we right. have very high standards so to hear someone like you say you just do it you that's just do it. It, it's almost counterintuitive in a way yeah. but it's probably the best advice you could give to someone right yeah and I always tell myself that I feel like fear is the one thing that hinders anybody mm -hmm. so you just have to kind of figure out how do you you know, teach yourself and um, just not be so fearful. I mean, everything unknown is fearful, you mm -hmm. know, so so it's just like, how do you talk to yourself and how do you just get on the other side? And that's really important because, you know, stagnant to me is you stop growing. So I don't like, you know, being stagnant. I want to continue to evolve and grow. So when things get a little bit too comfortable, that's when I started shaking things up again, because I want to continue to evolve. It's so important, I think, to get outside of your comfort zone. And I think it's even more important to pitch a tent, yeah. stay there a while. You never know. Exactly. It could be the most incredible experience of your life and to think of where Karuna started and where you are now, what would be the biggest lesson you think you have learned during that time? Hmm. Let me think about that. Think about it. Is it combating your fear? Is it sticking with things? You know, I, I as you think about it, I'll just tell everybody how our paths crossed. We have, um, a mutual friend. Her name is Christina, and she's a hairdresser. And so I'll just say, if you're in the LA area, uh, hashtag hair by Christina Fife, hashtag book your appointment, hashtag appointments going fast. Like she's so she's amazing. She is so amazing. But it's how Linda and I met. And, and Christina would say to me, she goes, you have to meet my friend Linda. I'm telling you, the two of you have a lot in common. You are a lot alike. And to, to learn that Linda was on HSN, of course, after I left. But it's a tough environment to be in. The beauty business is a tough environment to be in. An entrepreneur is a tough place to be. A female founder of a company is a tough place to be. You got in Sephora. That's amazing. Like there's so many accomplishments that you've had that, you know, I'm sure you've learned so many lessons along the way. Yeah. I mean, I think probably one thing um, resonates the most right now as um what I think 
uh, is the hardest thing is seeking investment. I think that's really hard. Um, a lot of entrepreneurs just they just want they have a vision. They want to create a company. They just want to keep on growing and nourish it. And I think that there are always you're going to come to um, a crossroad when you need more money to continue to grow. And, you know, really focusing on pitching and speaking with, you know, um, financial institutions or um, whether it's equity or venture capitalists, that takes a lot of um, time to learn that world, Mm -hmm. too. I mean, Mm -hmm. I have to learn about financial terms, things I didn't know. So I think, again, it's, you know, that's what I I feel like it's the hardest part being an entrepreneur, because unless a lot of people have started companies and they have a partner. So you have usually a creative person. Your partner could be your polar opposite who's operational and financial person. Well, I'm I was one person. I did it all. So um, so I think that I'm continue to learn certain things. So I think that's really been the hardest. Also, just not having a partner, like I said, so you really don't have anybody that you can unleash and just Mm -hmm. talk about your frustrations. Mm -hmm. So and I think it's so important also on that note, because I've experienced that, too. And it's so nice when you meet someone who's sort of in the same space. And it's just so nice to have someone you can really open up to you. There's a shorthand, right? It's like you don't have to explain to them because they're an entrepreneur, too, and they're doing the same thing. And you realize like, oh, I'm not that crazy. Right. Oh, she's going through it, too. And I think I, I don't know how you feel about this, but I am so passionate about women opening up to other women and being real because that is almost a moment where you stop and you realize, oh, wow, like you've given a woman a gift by telling her like, girl, I struggle too. Girl, my time management's no bueno. I don't know anything about getting investors too. It's so important we do that. Yeah, I I agree with you. Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, letting down your guard and being really open and truthful will make everyone, they can actually relate to you because you might speak up about something that someone else is going through right now and that that is relatable to them. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure going for investor investments and finding investors, that's that can't be easy. Oh, my God. It's hard. But again, you know, I think, you know, and that kind of goes hand in hand with a lot of rejections. Right. So when you're, you know, a, a business owner and and, for example, in the early years of building Karuna before the 2014 golden year, um, I have it a lot of, you know, days where, you know, people say yes and then they say no. So a lot of door closing, um, closing in and, and, you know, a lot of times that you're just so devastated. But I remember just telling myself like, OK, you can be depressed for a week, but you got to get up and do it again. So you only get one week to be down. So get up and do it again. So I think that, you know. That's also really, really hard. Just And I think it's important also to know, like, cap it. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, you could just be, you know, you don't want to be, like, pity yourself, mm-hmm. and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, best advice for women in business and starting out their careers for, for women in their 20s? Um, I really think it really—first, I actually did a— um, 
interview with this team magazine it's called Team Boss. And they asked me for the young entrepreneurs, if they women, girls, if they want to start up their business, what would my advice be? And I think it's the same. I mean, essentially, it's finding your passion. What is that passion? Because you do have to be passionate in what you're going to create because it's going to be a long road. Right. Because <laughs> if you're not passionate about it, you're not going to get enough drive to really wanting to make it work. Um, so that's first and foremost. And I think the second thing is, you know, really just whatever you want to do, look at your market competition and to make sure that you are creating something that is, you know, it stands out from the others. And really, third thing is believing yourself, knowing that you can tackle and accomplish everything because you have to believe that if you don't, you can't make it. And I'm going to assume that that's your advice for 30s and 40s. Everybody. For everybody, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's great life advice, too. Right. Speaking really. Speaking of... Um, this is the end of part one, but Linda, being such a girl's girl, we're going to talk about more than just business, right? Okay, we're yeah. going to talk about more than just business because, folks, I just attended uh, Linda's wedding not that long ago. It was oh, so beautiful. Oh, so beautiful. As a matter of fact, if you go to my Instagram page, at Diana Perkovic, scroll down a few lines, you'll see the photos. It was oh, just really uh, genuine and heartfelt and it wasn't one of those weddings where it was like overproduced and just it was really really beautiful and we're going to talk about uh, Linda's personal life a little bit because I think that goes hand in hand with being an entrepreneur and you know can you have it all can you have it all but maybe at a different time we'll talk about that more next week but Linda in the meantime thank you I appreciate you opening up and sharing with us, you know, your life lessons as an entrepreneur starting Karuna. And folks, go to Karuna.com and check out the serums. Karunaskin.com. Karunaskin.com. Thank you, doll. Um, But that serum, the vitamin C, your masks, Mm -hmm. all of it. Um, And and by the way, I just want to also say thank you so much for contributing uh, Karuna Skin to the Good Girl Mafia swag bags for the girls at the Covenant House, California. I genuinely appreciate that. Of course. Yeah, I mentor a group of girls at the Covenant House, California, and I had gotten a bag together for them, and Linda was so really kind and generous. She didn't just put a bunch of skincare together. She put a ton of skincare together, and she brought it to me, which is a big deal in L.A., because everywhere in L.A. takes a long time to get there. you got to fight traffic. And so Linda got in her car and drove. So I appreciate that so much. You're doing something so wonderful for these women. We try. We try. Encourage, empower, entertain. Exactly. All right, folks, this is part one of our interview with Linda Wang. I want you to uh, share this podcast. Please rate it. I'm told that's a thing, too. So please rate the podcast and we will see you back here next week with another Monday Moment in Five. 